Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. On New Year's Day 2020, a woman named Kim was in her house in Georgia. Then suddenly, she was lying on her kitchen floor, convulsing. I remember being on my kitchen floor and just violently shaking. I hit my head several times. And I just had this thought going through my head that if I continue to do this, you know, it's going to kill me. And at some point, I must have turned and I ended up hitting my nose on the ground very hard. And it actually broke my nose just straight across. Kim was in her 30s and lived alone. There was no one there to help her. So in the middle of this terrifying moment, she knew what she had to do. Kim slowly pulled herself to her feet. I knew there were chips on my counter. And so somehow, I mean, it was an absolute miracle. I made it to the counter, got a bag of chips, and I just ate as much as possible until finally I started coming out of it. And I was able to, to realize what had just happened. Kim was experiencing a hypoglycemic episode, which is when a person's blood sugar drops too low, and it can be really dangerous. Kim was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was six years old. So for the past three decades, she's learned how to manage her blood sugar in order to avoid those episodes. But that day, she was caught completely off guard. And I found out a little bit later after talking with my doctor that I was actually experiencing um, what they call hypoglycemic unawareness, where you're so used to type 1 diabetes that your body doesn't give you the same cues that it would for somebody who hasn't had it very long. And so it went from being fine and walking around to suddenly I'm on the ground and I cannot control myself. Kim realized that she had to do something. She couldn't risk this happening again. That was the point where I thought, you know, I should look into a service animal Diabetic alert dogs are trained to recognize the unique smell that a human body releases when blood sugar is either too high or too low. This would be very helpful for someone with hypoglycemic unawareness, like Kim. They're supposed to be trained to use a type of device that can dial 911. They can bring you snacks or bring you your meter, um, things like that. So it was really appealing to me to think I could possibly get one. And that's when I started researching companies and came across Service Dogs by Warren Retrievers. Service Dogs by Warren Retrievers was a Virginia-based nonprofit that specialized in training service dogs. Since 2010, Warren Retrievers and their founder, Charles Daniel Warren Jr., who went by Dan, supplied service dogs to people with diabetes, autism, and PTSD. So Kim got in touch. She spoke with Dan Warren directly. She said he introduced himself and he told her a little bit about his military background. He told her how service dogs helped him with his own struggles with PTSD. I thought at the time, oh, this man's been through it and and how great he wants to help the community and people who need service dogs just like he did. So there was never that feeling of distrust. Uh, It just seemed like everything they told me seems legitimate. Kim signed on. 
she needed $25,000 to get a dog. Over the course of the next few months, she raised $14,500, over halfway to her goal. And as she raised the money, she deposited it into a bank account owned by Warren Retrievers. Then, in late spring 2020, something alarming happened. Kim's sister called her. She said Kim's fundraising website had gone offline. Kim tried to reach out to Dan and Warren Retrievers, but her email bounced back. It was as if the entire company just disappeared overnight. It wasn't long before I started seeing people on Facebook talking about what happened. And you type in service dogs by Warren Retrievers, and I start seeing all these people talking about they shut it down, they filed bankruptcy, they're gone, our money's gone. Kim was not the only one who lost thousands of dollars to Warren Retrievers. Dan Warren and Warren Retrievers had been scamming vulnerable people and families in need of service dogs for over a decade. As I dug into this story, I uncovered something larger and stranger than I expected. There were desperate clients who attacked dissenters of the company online in an almost cult-like manner. There were $20,000 puppies who weren't even housebroken. There were investigations by everyone from the government to Dr. Phil. And honestly, Dan Warren's scam might still be happening today if it weren't for one person, a single mother who became so obsessed with justice that she would risk everything, even her own safety, to expose the truth. From Cast Media, this is The Opportunist, a podcast about regular people who turn sinister simply by embracing opportunity. This is our only episode on Dan Warren and service dogs by Warren Retrievers. I'm Hannah Smith. How did you reach out? You know, what was that first reach out to Warren Retrievers? What was that like? What was your first impression of Dan? And like, what was that first conversation like? Oh my gosh. The first conversation was, it was exhilarating. This is Amy Rourke. Amy's daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in the beginning of 2012 when she was just eight years old. I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know anything about diabetes, type 1 or type 2. I had no clue. My husband had a little bit of um, knowledge. His aunt was a diabetic and had lost limbs and stuff because she didn't take care of herself. And so to him, I know it felt like a death sentence for our daughter. Amy and her husband threw themselves into the task of learning about diabetes and how to best care for their daughter, who was too young to manage the disease herself. Amy's husband worked full-time, and Amy drove a school bus. Their daughter's blood sugar levels had to be tested throughout the day to make sure that she was in a safe range. But then there was the nighttime. For a young person with type 1 diabetes, something as simple as going to bed at night could be potentially lethal. There's even a name for it, dead-in-bed syndrome. That's when a person experiences a hypoglycemic episode and dies in their sleep. Obviously, this is terrifying for parents of diabetic children. They got the diagnosis in February of 2012. And from then on, Amy was waking up every two hours during the night to check her daughter's blood sugar levels. And then... Amy met someone in their New Mexico town who recently got a service dog from Warren Retrievers. And that dog, according to Amy, 
was perfectly trained. So Amy reached out to see if she could get a service dog for her daughter. And at first, it really seemed like a dream come true. It was amazing. It was, I just can't even, it's hard to describe. It was like living on cloud nine, like, oh my gosh, there is something here to help with our daughter. This this dog is going to protect her. And so it was exhilarating. And we had reached out to Warren Retrievers in October of 2012. So from February to October, you're doing the thing where you're waking up every two hours for that whole time? Yes. And sometimes, depending on whatever her blood sugar reading was, I wouldn't go back to sleep between those two hours. I may check every 30 minutes. I may check every hour. Diabetic alert dogs are trained to wake you up in the middle of the night to warn you of a blood sugar level change. Amy hoped a service dog would allow her to finally get some sleep and, more importantly, some peace of mind about her daughter's safety. We were told once we put down $1,000, we would be put on the wait list for a puppy and we could start fundraising and raise $25,000 for the dog. Fundraising. That is how Warren Retrievers made money. They were a nonprofit organization, so technically they didn't sell dogs. But anyone who wanted one was required to raise thousands of dollars in donations. Amy and her family immediately started collecting donations from businesses around their hometown. They put on fundraising events. They even got the local fire department to pass around a boot. And by August of 2013, after 10 months, they had almost raised the entire amount. So a trainer from Warren Retrievers headed to New Mexico to deliver their dog. Amy planned a big surprise party for her daughter that day to introduce her to her new service dog, who they had already named Diesel. That day, the family reserved space at the park. They ordered cake and balloons, and everyone dressed up in her daughter's favorite colors. Even the local news was there. I remember when we walked around the corner. Sorry. She said, Mom, am I getting my dog today? And she just cried, and she just held on to me, and we just cried. Um, All three of us, we just cried as we had turned that corner because for us, us, it was, it was an answer to uh, a prayer, something that we knew was going to help us take care of our daughter. But it didn't take very long for Amy to realize something was not right. Amy always knew that she was going to get a puppy. That was part of what made Warren Retrievers so special. If you didn't want to wait years for a fully trained adult dog, Dan would send you a partially trained puppy who could already alert to blood sugar spikes. And then for the next two years, a trainer would be sent to your home every three months to continue the dog's training. Diesel was 17 weeks old when Amy got him, but he didn't seem trained at all. He couldn't alert to blood sugar spikes. In fact, he didn't know basic commands like sit or stay, and he wasn't housebroken. Amy had also been told that a trainer would work with Diesel for a month before delivering him to her home. Turns out that wasn't the case either. We ended up finding out that Diesel, that was the first time that the trainer had actually met our dog. Are you serious? Yes. The trainers were supposed to have the dogs for 
a couple of weeks to a month. Come to find out he was actually given the wrong dog. And when Warren Retrievers discovered that, they were like, oh, just send the dog you have back to us and we will just ship Diesel and he'll meet you at the airport before you deliver him. Warren Retrievers was located in Virginia. The trainer lived in a different state and Amy lived in yet a different state. According to Amy, the trainer from Warren Retrievers flew to New Mexico, picked up Diesel from the airport, spent three days training him, and then left. He didn't know anything. He was a puppy. We could have went and bought him ourselves. We could have drove to Virginia and just picked up a puppy. All it was was we paid $25,000 for someone else to bring a dog to us. In October of 2013, Amy told Dan they were pulling out of the program. Amy felt that this was more than reasonable since she had been sent an untrained dog. And since she had already paid Warren Retrievers most of the money, she said she was keeping Diesel. Dan responded and said that she had two options. She could pay the remainder of the $25,000 or she could give Diesel back without a refund. At that time, we had already paid, I think, like 20000 or more. So it was kind of a battle with him. And we told him, go ahead. You want to try to come and get this dog? You go right ahead. First, Dan threatened to take Amy to court. When she refused to back down, he offered to let her keep Diesel if she signed a contract to keep her mouth shut about the whole thing. Amy refused. She finally borrowed the last few thousand dollars from her dad to pay off the balance. Multiple dog trainers in New Mexico offered to help train Diesel after they heard what happened. But after two years of work, Amy finally just gave up. We worked continuously and endlessly for two years to turn him into the dog that we had purchased. Um, That included scent imprinting, obedience classes, public access training. And it took two trainers telling me, I'm sorry, he's just not service dog material. Amy has had to accept the fact that she paid Warren Retrievers $25,000 for a pet, and she still had to wake up every two hours to take care of her daughter. I don't want anybody to have to go through what we went through, ever, ever, ever. You're provided this uh, glimmer of hope to help you take care of your child. And uh, for someone to prey on that is disgusting. Disgusting. All the people that worked with him, that knew what was going on, disgusting. I can understand Amy's frustration. When your daughter's life is at stake, when you've been promised so much, when you've asked your entire community to donate money to help you... It's a devastating loss to be let down like that. But when I finally tracked down the people behind the scenes at Warren Retrievers, I discovered that it was more complicated than Amy believed. Not everyone working at the nonprofit was in on Dan's scam. Some people were trying to take him down from the inside. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This segment is sponsored by Diabetic Alert Dogs by Warren Retrievers. Well, not only are they man's best friend, but they can also save a life. Diabetic Alert Dogs are trained to detect up to the minute changes in a patient's blood sugar levels, typically alerting the patient well before an electronic system or a pump can do that. Here with more on these retrievers and their amazing abilities are Warren Retrievers owner Dan Warren. Master We're listening to footage from a video posted on the Warren Retrievers YouTube from 2011, only a few months after the nonprofit started. And at first glance, it looks like a typical talk show segment. Dan Warren sits on a couch on a talk show set. He's taking questions from the host, a middle-aged man sitting across from him. Dan, uh, you were telling me before we came on camera that you do not keep these dogs in a kennel. They're in your home. That's correct. It looks like something you might see if you flipped on a local TV station on a weekday afternoon, except for the fact that the entire thing was sponsored by Warren Retrievers. It's a paid advertisement, posing as a normal talk show segment. Dan appears to be in his 30s. He has a gelled, high and tight haircut and a bit of a baby face. As he talks, he paints this glowing picture of the Warren Retrievers training program. And um, they are starting to train as just little puppies. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we, we, uh, our breeding program allows for much more of a loving environment, and I think that's really crucial as what they're going to grow into is a truly phenomenal uh, species to be able to protect someone's life. So they have to be handled with kit gloves at such a young age. Uh, they're bottle-fed from day one. Dan makes it sound amazing. Dan and his partner, Jake, bred and supposedly trained their dogs on a nearly 200-acre farm in Madison County, Virginia, called Bordeaux Farm. It seems like an ideal place to adopt a service dog, and it would be if it were true. There were times that there was like one staff member to take care of all the dogs, and it was like freezing cold, and their water was frozen, and the kennels were filthy. It was, it was awful. This is Brenda Clements, a former director at Warren Retrievers. She started at the nonprofit around 2013 and worked with Dan for more than two years. Brenda is passionate about helping people, and she's a dog lover. It was this beautiful farm, and 
They had all these fenced-in pastures. I mean, when I first got there, I thought, this is puppy heaven. After a short time working with the dogs, Brenda got moved to the office. She had fundraising experience, and she worked with the families, giving them tips on how to fundraise. But rather quickly, Brenda started to see red flags. For one thing, the wording of the contracts was very ambiguous, and families thought they had a lot longer to raise money than they actually did. And then I began to notice some things that I was not happy about, like the puppies were going out and like the next day they were they, they weren't really working with the trainer. And I started wondering about that and questioning it. Brenda knew there were problems with the training. But here's the thing about Brenda. When faced with problems, she has solutions. When she saw families struggling to raise the $25,000 needed for a dog, she suggested that Warren Retrievers throw a fundraiser to help. Dan rejected that idea. Then Brenda offered to apply for grants on behalf of Warren Retrievers, but Dan refused to provide the documentation she needed. He resisted all of her suggestions, but Brenda would not give up. Here's the thing. Not all the dogs were duds. We knew that some of the dogs worked and some of the dogs were lifesavers. But we also knew there were a lot that were not working and did not have adequate training. Brenda was good at her job and she believed in their mission. She knew that service dogs could save lives. But as the years went on and Brenda tried to improve things at Warren Retrievers, it seemed like Dan was doing just the opposite. The donations disappeared almost as fast as they came in. Dan gets that money. It's continuous. So, so he could take the money out anytime. Anytime. And did. Part of my job was to help them set up their fundraising page and work with them on their story. And I would tell them ways that they could put that out on social media. And then um, if they weren't coming in fast enough, because not everybody has much of a social media presence, especially back then, then I would talk to them about how to have events, you know, chili cook-offs and spaghetti dinners and things like that. Even with all the help from Brenda, many of the families fell behind on their fundraising goals. And it was also Brenda's job to collect. She hated those phone calls. I mean, you know, can you start sending this amount of money every month? And then when they would say, no, I can't. What amount would you say? I would say, what can you comfortably send a month? And they would say $10. And I would go, "Um, we're going to have to do better than that. And we'd get it up to like at least $100 a month. And then Dan still wasn't happy with that. Trust me. Brenda saw these families stress and struggle as they tried to reach their fundraising goals. At the same time, she saw Dan and Jake spending that very same money on personal expenses. They took a lot of trips. They have really nice vehicles, nice toys. At one point, he was into collecting guns, and guns are expensive. But they, you know, they would go on really nice vacations. They would eat out every day for lunch. Brenda said Dan was generous to his employees and often took them out for large group meals. But Brenda always asked for a separate check. She knew the fundraising money was paying the bill and it didn't seem right. 
or legal for that matter. Before joining Warren Retrievers, Brenda had worked as an executive director for another nonprofit, and this was not the way to run a 501c3. Brenda was also shocked when she discovered how Dan was breeding the service dogs. There were no dogs that, unless they had a physical disability that was pretty noticeable, there were no dogs that washed out of the program. And that is a red flag in itself because not every dog is suited to be a service dog. You know, the dogs had seizure disorders, they had major allergies and skin disorders. And this is from poor breeding practices. They bred dogs every single heat. Brenda told me that most breeders typically allow a dog to go through heat at least twice before mating them again. So that would mean giving birth to a new litter of puppies every year or maybe year and a half. Responsible breeders are also careful not to breed dogs with temperament issues, physical problems, or allergies. But Dan had a different way of doing it. They didn't care. They bred everything all the time. If they bred more dogs, then more hopeful families could start fundraising for those dogs, which meant more money for Warren Retrievers. The original intent was, hey, we can make a buck and we can do it without having to pay taxes because we can be a nonprofit. I mean, it was a great scam. He was making a lot of money. Not that any of us were. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the least amount of money I've ever worked for. Finally, one day, Brenda confronted Dan. And then Dan became very, very nasty and hateful to me. So I quit for a while. But I came back because there were so many families that were, you know, begging for me to help them raise the money. And then, meanwhile, I had become best friends with Lucinda Williams, who was at that time the director of development. And she and I started thinking, can we turn this into a legitimate thing? I mean, we know there are problems, but can we fix these problems? First, Brenda and Lucinda tried to change things at Warren Retrievers from the inside. They tried to get the board of directors to hold Dan accountable. They came up with ideas for Dan to better run the nonprofit. But it didn't really seem like Dan was interested in leading a legitimate organization. He was just interested in making money. Finally they reported Dan to the sheriff's department. And they would come out to do an inspection and they would call Dan and say, we're coming to inspect. And so Dan would send somebody down there and get everything cleaned up. And then, you know, even though they had the authority to come in unannounced, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Anytime Brenda and Lucinda tried to blow the whistle on Warren Retrievers, it didn't really lead anywhere. Since Brenda wasn't working directly with the dogs, she didn't realize until later what was really going on. So initially they were training, I think, with positive reinforcement, which is the only legitimate way to train a dog. And then when they were mass producing these dogs, when they were trying to get so many dogs out quickly, they started using this negative stuff. Bella was a teenager when she started working for Dan at the beginning of 2016. She found the job on Craigslist and got hired as a trainer. And she told me about the negative stuff Brenda referred to. 
It sounds horrible because I, I don't even like putting it on my resume that I had worked there because of the things that the public now knows. We were trained and kind of basically told to use prong collars on three, four, five-month-old puppies. At the time, I also did not know much about prong collars. But then when we would go out in the public, when we would take the puppies out in public, they would swap out the prong collars for the martingales. A prong collar is similar to a choke collar. They're actually illegal in some countries, but currently still legal in the U.S. But both the Humane Society and the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals have spoken out against their use. But no matter where you stand on prong collars, they're never suitable for newborn puppies. But Bella wasn't a certified dog trainer. She didn't have the work experience to recognize that something was off. Like how Dan wouldn't let anyone on the farm who wasn't an employee. When Bella's fiancé drove her to work, Dan wouldn't let him onto the property. But then, a few months into working at Warren Retrievers, in late 2016, Warren Retrievers was exposed. One day, Bella was at work, and Dan gathered the entire staff for a meeting. He told them all to sit down around the TV, and he turned on the latest episode of Dr. Phil. Bella watched as images of their own service dogs flashed across the screen. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil, they paid for service dogs. Did you ever get a dog? He's been sick since we've gotten him. We did all the training ourselves. The organization preys on families with sick children. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. These Labrador Retrievers are allegedly trained by a company called Service Dogs, by Warren Retrievers. On December 14th, 2016, Dr. Phil aired an hour-long episode on service dogs by Warren Retrievers. In it, the TV host sat down with a string of victims who said they paid thousands of dollars for untrained service dogs, and they wanted to expose Dan Warren and his scam. Bella knew from personal experience that the claims were true. The dogs were not properly trained, and many of them were getting sick from the living conditions. But she didn't have much time to think because Dan started talking over the TV. Every time the people on the episode were speaking, he would kind of like stop and try to correct what they were saying, even though he did not go on the show himself to try to correct the rumors that were going around. After the Dr. Phil episode aired, Brenda Clements knew that it was time for her to leave Warren Retrievers. She wouldn't be able to make this organization a better place. Once the Dr. Phil thing came out, I was like, I got to get out of here. I have to live in this community. 
and I'm going to see people on the street and I don't want to be associated with this kind of craziness. And Dr. Phil, that was pretty horrible. Around the same time, a Facebook page appeared called Stop the Scammers. It was full of information about what Dan Warren was doing and all of the people he had lied to. And it turns out the Facebook page and the Dr. Phil expose could be traced back to the same woman. My name is Melinda Cologne, and I guess you could say I'm an advocate for most of the families that have been affected by service dogs by Warren Retrievers. I have kind of led the charge about him getting shut down and kind of facing the music for everything that he's done. When I was explaining this story to someone the other day, I called Melinda the Aaron Brockovich of service dogs. At the time, I kind of meant it as a joke. But looking back now, I didn't realize how right I was. Melinda would risk her career, her family, even her life, in order to bring Dan Warren to justice. In 2011, Melinda Cologne's youngest son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. He was only 11. Just like many of the other parents I've talked to for this story, she didn't really know that much about the disease before her kid's diagnosis, but she had to learn fast. There have been some big advancements in technology for managing diabetes care in the past decade, but back in 2011, all Melinda could do was test her son's blood sugar levels all day, every day. My biggest fear was losing my youngest son to something that was 100% uncurable and everything was manageable. And even with the best management, I could still lose him because it can happen in the blink of an eye. He can be perfectly fine one minute at five o'clock and I could test his blood sugar and by six o'clock he could be dead. Melinda found out about Dan Warren's service dogs through the online diabetic community on Facebook. And when she heard about the program, she had the same reaction that so many people did at first. It seemed fantastic, like a literal lifesaver. She immediately got Dan Warren on the phone. I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. And my very next question is, how much does it cost? And so he was like, well... You know, there's not really a price per se. All we want you to do is fundraise for a total of two years. And I said, two years. He's like, during the course of the training, you would be doing so many fundraisers. On average, the average person fundraises about $18,000. Melinda was hesitant to commit that much money. But Dan convinced her all she had to do was put down $50 right then. So she agreed. But not long after she started fundraising, Melinda got her first clue that things at Warren Retrievers were not as perfect as they seemed. Another family had gotten into a fundraising dispute with Dan, and he asked Melinda to speak out against them. When you're invested in something that is really going to save your child's life, and there's a threat that comes towards that, you will do anything to keep it. So when he told us to do something, we did it. So when he told us, go online and basically destroy these people, that's exactly what we did. We went online and we would, you know, harass them on social media. We would call them liars publicly. It wasn't long before more people started speaking out against Warren Retrievers. People who said they received untrained puppies instead of service dogs, who called Warren Retrievers a scam. And Dan told Melinda and the other families trying to get dogs that they needed to fight back. They were his small but dedicated online army. 
in our mind, the more we defended and the more we spoke out, the faster we got our dogs or the better trainers we got. And so that was kind of the manipulation there with us. We find little things about their family that they've posted or something like that. And then we'd attack that. And for Dan Warren, he would be proud of us. Like he would be like, oh, you guys did such an amazing job. I'm so proud of you. It got so bad that people started reaching out to Melinda, people in her life. They were worried about her. They told her she might be falling for a scam and that she was acting like she was in a cult or something. You know, I look back at it now and I was like, how did I ever get so brainwashed? But your child's life is dangling over your face. It's literally dangling over your head all the time. And that if you don't get a dog, your child can die. So at this point, nothing else matters. You will do some things that I look back now and I'm embarrassed and ashamed of, just did some horrible things. But one day, after about five months of fundraising, something clicked. A friend of Melinda's, who she'd made through Warren Retrievers, told her that the same day that the company would deliver a service dog to a family, they brought with them a 36-page contract. She also heard that if you didn't sign the contract on the spot, Warren Retrievers would take the dog back and keep all of the money you had raised. At the time, Melinda was studying law. She knew not to sign anything that she didn't read first. So she reached out to Dan to see if she could get a copy of the contract in advance. He refused. At that point, he was like, listen, I've never had anybody say, had they read the contract first, they wouldn't have gotten the dog. He says, so if you feel that you need to do that, I'm totally okay if you feel that you need to go your own way. And so that was just out of left field. I was like, wait, what? Go my own way. And with that, Melinda was out of the program. He's got this persona about him that he can't be touched. He's above everybody else and nobody can do anything to him. He's untouchable. And you have to do what he says. And one thing about him, you don't ever question him. And he's actually said that numerous times. If you start to ask him questions, his response will be, nobody questions me. She had to tell her son, their entire family, and even her son's school, that now they weren't getting the service dog after all. And if that wasn't bad enough, Melinda suddenly found herself on the wrong side of Dan's online army. And I was immediately outcasted. I was cut off, cut out of the groups. Don't talk to Melinda. People were unfriending me on Facebook left and right. But Melinda didn't back down. She started speaking out publicly online about her experience with Warren Retrievers. She even apologized to the families that she had attacked in the past on behalf of Dan. And not too surprisingly, it doesn't sound like Dan was happy about this. When he saw that I was kind of making that public apology and he knew that the presence I had on social media, he was like, "Okay, you guys got to do something else. We've got to shut her up. Next minute, CPS is at my door. Child Protective Services received a tip that Melinda was neglecting her children. And then they received another tip that she wasn't feeding them. And then they received another tip that she had locked her kids in the bathroom with the doorknobs reversed so they could not escape. CPS kept arriving at her door, but none of these claims were ever founded. They still showed up at her house to check in every week for over a month because they kept getting tips. Melinda was sure that Dan was behind it. Still, she refused to back down. So after that, I was just like, you know what? He's not going to shut me up. So I went on social media and created like an actual Facebook page. 
And I just kind of started digging, like really digging into everything that this man was about. There was plenty to uncover. Dan Warren claimed he was a military veteran. Turns out that was a lie. She found out that he was secretly buying puppies from North Dakota, too. Dan had claimed that he began scent training his dogs from birth and put them through a six to eight week obedience training. But actually, he was buying them at eight weeks old and then shipping them off to families only four weeks later. He even claimed that some of his service dogs could smell blood sugar changes from miles away. None of it was adding up. Everything she uncovered, Melinda posted on her Facebook page. She wasn't backing down, but neither was Dan. In 2012, Melinda found out that Dan Warren was taking his attacks against her to a whole new level. He was suing her. He likes to stare people down. It's almost like, you know, when people say, you know, if you stare eye contact with a dog, make the dog look away first. He does that to people. I would stare right back at him like, I'm not one of these puppies that you can intimidate. Dan hired several lawyers, but Melinda decided to represent herself. She took everything she'd learned from her law classes and went up against Dan Warren. It took two years and allegedly cost Dan around a quarter of a million dollars. But somehow still, Melinda won. And at the end, Dan agreed to pay her $4,000 and to reform his business practices if she would take down the Facebook page. But it only took a couple of months before Melinda started to hear from new families that Dan was still up to his same tricks. So she started posting online again. I put the page right back up. And he's like, I'm going to sue you per our contract, $1,000 for every occurrence. I said, I dare you. I said, because if you want to come at me, I will come at you for every single person you've signed up that you weren't honest with. This was by this time, you know, 2014, it still took many more years, but I was like, I've got to do something. Families are still being hurt by him. As part of the lawsuit, a judge signed an order that allowed Melinda and Melinda alone to inspect the Warren Retriever's facility in person to find out if everything that she was saying about the mistreated dogs was true. Remember, Dan was very protective of who was allowed on the farm. He wouldn't even let his old employee Bella's fiancé on the property. He likely was not too happy to hear that Melinda was coming to the farm herself, but he couldn't do anything to stop it. I flew over to Virginia to do this. I got a rental car, went over to the property, and then everybody kept telling me to be very careful. And I was like, what do you mean be careful? And, and I always thought people, it was just people's jokes. They're like, you, he hates you so much, he may put a hit out on you. I was like, he's not the mafia, like, please. So Melinda found herself alone, driving down a country road towards the Warren Retriever's farm. I can only imagine that the warnings from her friends came back into her mind. I get up to the front, and right at the beginning at the road, there's just like a little box. You have to push the box. Somebody will then come up and open the gate. And then once somebody comes and opens the gate, then you almost can't see the house. Like, you almost can't see anything. And you're going down this really long, long driveway with just pastures on each side. Just nothing but pastures. She was in the middle of nowhere, headed straight into Dan Warren's tightly controlled world. And she was all alone. For a farm that was supposedly so active with so many people, it was like a ghost town while I was there. There's a lot of things that were cleaned up. And I knew it wasn't a true representation because I've seen photos. 
of other people who had been there. But still, I was able to get enough information to find out that he was taking these puppies and they were stacked up three crates high, four crates across, put into horse barns, like into stalls in a barn. You have cow feces, you have horse feces, the water's disgusting. You know, as much as he tried to clean it up, I saw right through it. So I was like, these are not conditions for service dogs. It was a puppy mill. It literally looked like a puppy mill. Dan Warren stayed inside of his house most of the time that Melinda was there. And then she left the farm. But on her drive back, she noticed something unsettling in her rearview mirror. Once I tried to leave the property, I was followed for about a good 45 minutes. I tried to lose, I don't know who it was. Um, I tried to lose them on back roads. Um, to the point that I ended up in this really back roads wooded area with barely any cell service and they were still following me. And so it was about 45 minutes to an hour later, I ended up finding a more populated area and I was able to lose the tail. To this day, Melinda doesn't know who was in the car that followed her or why. But just like the Child Protective Services calls, she thinks Dan was behind it. Why is it that you've gone after Dan so much? Like, what makes you want to keep pursuing it? The fact that he takes something so serious, a child's illness, and uses it to manipulate for his own personal gain. I didn't want to become the advocate for everybody, but it just kind of took on a life of its own. And once that happened, I couldn't stop at that point. Um, I didn't want to stop. For four years straight, it was just this. Nothing else, sometimes from seven in the morning till two, three o'clock the next morning, just on the computer all the time. And sometimes it took its toll on my marriage. I was married at the time. And my husband at the time, he was just like, oh, your energy is more put into this Warren Retrievers thing than there is into the family. And he was right. But I knew that the ends for me justified the means. If he could, if I could just stop him, just stop him, then it would all be worth it. Melinda never gave up. And little by little, it started to pay off. At the end of 2016, Melinda was the centerpiece of the Dr. Phil expose on Warren Retrievers. She also rallied families to file nearly 40 different complaints with the Virginia Attorney General's office. In 2018, the state attorney general sued Dan for, among other things, selling untrained service dogs and misleading donors about their fundraising process. Dan tried to fight back. He even went bankrupt in 2020, but the attorney general kept after him. Last August, Dan finally agreed to pay $3 million, including half a million to his former customers, and $1.4 million to charities that actually raise and train service dogs. As part of the deal, Dan does not have to admit to any wrongdoing. But he is banned from ever working with service dogs again. It's a success that could have never happened without Melinda Cologne. But I have to wonder, without criminal charges or even an admission that what he did was wrong, what is stopping Dan from finding another scam? Some of his victims also agree that it's not enough. Here's Amy Rourke again. I wish I could give everybody in our community, businesses included, their money back. I mean, it would be amazing to be able to do that and say, you know, I'm really sorry. However, it's not about the money. If that would happen, that would be great. I just want the man shut down. I just want them to be shut down forever. 
and him never to be able to open anything to prey on people like that again. Would I like him to go to jail so he can't do that? You bet. You bet. And again, would I love to give people their money back? Absolutely. But I, I don't ever want that man to ever have any freedoms ever again. He hurt a lot of people. And a lot of our kids could have died because of what he did and what he promised us and the hope that we placed in his hands. Dan Warren scammed millions of dollars from hopeful families over the past decade. And at least some of those families will now get that money back. But what they really lost is hope. Hope about finally getting help for their loved ones, about not having to wake up all night, every night, to check on their kids' blood sugar levels. A lot of the victims are still working through what happened. One person I spoke with said they considered getting another service dog, a real one this time, but they just couldn't do it. They couldn't ask their friends and family to help raise that money again. Hope isn't something that you can easily pay back. But now, at least the stacks of kennels that Melinda saw that day are empty. And Dan's days of raising service dogs are over. The Opportunist is a cast original podcast. It's produced by me, Hannah Smith, along with River Donahue, Peisha Eaton, Natalie Gregory, and Kate Mays. Aaron Rubin Corney is our senior producer. Colin Thompson is our executive producer. Anton Doty is our editor. The show is mixed and mastered by Matt Sewell. The cover art is by Arvin Lee. The ending credit song is Waltz for Zechariah on the album Cholate by Blue Dot Sessions. You can reach us at theopportunist at castmedia.com. That's cast with a K. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.